We would like to acknowledge the Gadigal peoples of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay our respects to their elders past, present and future. Welcome to Sit With Us, the podcast. I'm Ella. And I'm Dom. And this is your invite to sit with us and chat about all things relationships, reality TV, pop culture and everything in between. It is inclusive. Mm. It is no matter who, no matter where you are in the world. Come sit with us. Come listen. Come chat. Mm. Come engage. Hold on. It's about to get real. Welcome back to the potty. Sit with us. We are actually really excited to be sharing this episode with you guys today. We're going to be filling in the gaps about Dom and myself and who we are and our life. Um, Relationships, schooling, just our history and our past. I think, you know, obviously, you know, from maths, there was a bit of a backstory and all that kind of stuff, but they just only skimmed the surface. Mm. So we really want to get into it today. Mm. I also do want to just address, because I've just noticed, I tend to do this a lot and I'm just going to put this out there. Obviously, listening back to the podcasts, I go like this a lot. Mm. 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 When I'm listening, I actually do it all the time. No, she actually does it just when we're having I, a normal conversation. I do it all the time. The phone. And yeah. I'm going to try to be really mindful not to do that all the time because listening back to the podcast, all I hear is me going, mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's good mm. because people <laughs> listening probably are going, yes. You know, they're going, mm. Okay. If you I, said, I say yes like yeah. when I'm like really feeling it. Mm. There you go. See? Okay. If it gets annoying, guys, just let us know. We're happy with feedback. No, we love feedback, actually. We love feedback. If you guys yeah. have any feedback at all, please DM us on at – or on not on, but yeah. at <laughs> with us the pod. Yeah. The podcast. Even give us – Fuck, I always – Do you know with what? us the pod? Shit. It's sit with us the pod, babe, on the Instagram handle. Remember? Fuck, I'm a dickhead. Yeah, okay, yeah. The handle is sit with us the pod. But even when you guys do write reviews at the end of the podcast, give us some feedback. If I'm going mm, 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 too much. Yeah. Or if I'm if I'm talking too much, people think that I'm like overtaking Ella, <laughs> but <laughs> fuck. I hate that too, because then it makes me feel bad. No, don't be silly. Babe, we've got our we take our own lead. It's fine. Yes. And I, and we know. We can kill each we other. We know. I hope people don't think that no. I'm just like well, this is our podcast. We get to do whatever we want That's and talk true. how much we want yes. or not. Yeah. So, yeah, we are really excited today because we're going to be really sharing a lot about who we are, mm. our family as well, because I do get a lot of questions around yeah. my family and who comes from where and who's yeah. who. And I mean, let's, let's start with you, babe, because okay. I think, you know, everyone's like, what nationality are you? Yeah. What, what, you know, who's which? Your mum, you know, what nationality is she? Your dad. Mm. So, let's just dive straight into that, honey. Yeah. I do tend to get, most commonly, I think Filipino is what I get a lot. Or sometimes you get like Greek and Italian. Yes. Yeah. You, can, like, you definitely have like a Mediterranean vibe, but also this like Asian, this beautiful mix. It's, yeah. So what are you? What am I? So my dad was born in Taiwan. Yep. And my mom is Spanish. She's wow. also got like Australian and a bit of Scottish in her. Yeah. But yeah, Asian. So, so a beautiful te- mix. Yeah, I think it's a nice mix. I, I like That's to- why you've got this like beautiful, luscious skin and hair and Yeah, I'm very grateful for the the Asian side because I yeah. my dad was like in the summertime, I kid you not, he was so dark. My wow. brother goes like purple sometimes. I mean, so do I. Wow. But that, like, that sounds hot, babe. It's, yeah. I remember one noosa in like 2009, I was on a family vacay. My stomach was dark purple. It didn't look healthy. That doesn't sound it, healthy. I know. Dark. But, you know, it's, I can't help how tan yeah, I Yeah, no, no. I, of course. Like, but yeah. these days, you know, I don't really overdo the sun baking like I used to and cook it yeah. with oil. Yes, we are 50 always. Yes, yeah, we do. We need to yeah. protect the skin to stay young. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, so my, my dad was the Asian one. And yep. so my dad passed away when I was a few weeks old. Yeah. So my mom and my dad, they met when they were very young. I think they were around like 21 or 20. And they got married and they owned nightclubs in Melbourne. For those who do live in Melbourne and know a club called The Emerson, it was called Checkpoint Charlie back in their day. So cool. All the cool cats used to go like, yeah. And my dad was also a suit tailor. So he would custom make suits for like John Farnham and like amazing, famous people so epic and he's if you saw I've got to show you some pictures babe like my dad's style was all vintage like Gucci like everything in his store that's where you get it from honey that's where you get your fashion yeah it's deep rooted in you yeah he was just like a very cool cat I wish I did know him and like I think Mm -hmm. if he was still around today I would be very different but yeah he did pass away when I was a few weeks old I guess he had substance abuse issues. Um, He had his demons. Yeah, he did. And, you know, he was so creative and so intelligent and business-minded, which is where my brother gets that as well. Mm. Yeah, so he passed away. He got really sick. And then my mom, you know, obviously raising two kids by herself. So my brother was three and she was a hairdresser at the time. She had her own business. She was also working, you know, three other jobs. Wow. But my mom's thing was growing up, always keep the routine. You know, dinner was always the same. Nothing ever changed. She's such a strong woman. Like growing up, I never saw her fall apart or break. She never would do that in front of us as kids. So we didn't really get, I guess, well, I feel I can speak for myself, but probably different for my brother. He has a lot more memories with my dad. Being three years old. Yeah. Whereas I was just a little baby. So I have absolutely not one memory of him. I don't have any connection with him. I still see his family, not as often as I'd like. There's heaps of cousins. They've all got beautiful babies. Like the Mm. ding side is really out there and full of character. Like they're all just, they are amazing. They are. It's really nice when we do do Chinese New Year or Christmas. It is really nice when we all get together. I can definitely see where you get your kind of stoic side from, I guess, from your mum. Like Mm. even just from the time that I've gotten to know your mum personally, I can really see that strong like just, oh, my God, like a pillar of strength, you know, oh, yeah. and just hearing you, you know, say now that she would always have dinner on the mm. table, it would be a routine. I, I can see that within you, you know what I mean? You're very mm. strong. And I'm also obsessed with routine and structure. Yes. And I that's where it comes from. Like yeah. my whole life from being, you know, out of high school was you'd get up every day at 5 a.m. I would train, I'd go to the gym, I'd work full time. Like I would always, wow. I would never call in sick. I did not believe in a sick day unless I was literally in hospital. My work ethic, everything I is because of my mom. You do. You have an incredible work ethic. Like and I, everything, you're always thinking of what's next, you know, how hmm. do I help this person? Or yeah. you're just very focused. Yeah. That's what I love most about you, I think. Mm. You're so focused on how to do better, how to be better. And I definitely see that as a reflection from your family, you know, your yeah. brother James, definitely. your mum. And Russell. Oh, Russell yeah. came into your life when you were how old? Yeah, so my mum, you know, she was dating as well. Like when I think I got to about five she started dating and I remember like I'd meet some of her boyfriends or boys from dates and I'd be like, who is this guy? Like, what? This is so weird. And then I think I was eight. 
when she met Russell. And I will never forget the first time she brought Russell back to the house. And we grew up in Malvern and it was just, you know, it was just mum, my brother and I. It was just the three of us. Yeah. And it was always just so safe. And we had students living with us growing up my whole childhood. We'd have like students from Hong Kong and China. Wow. Who would live with us. That's so cool. Yeah. And they would basically babysit us because mum was obviously out hustling. So they'd babysit us. They'd help us with our homework. They would teach us Mandarin or whatever language they may speak. And they became like family. Like one of them, Mikos, actually lived with us, I think, for about seven years. And That's incredible. Yeah, and he ended up moving to Australia and having a family here and he actually came over for Christmas about five years ago. Aww. And, yeah, it's it, that was that's all, like, a part of growing up as well for me, having students, like, becoming family, you know. Like on exchange? Is that what, the, yeah, what it was? Yeah, they studying wow. here in Australia, yeah. So they played a huge role as well in growing up. And then, yeah, Russell came home. And he had grey hair at the time. And I was eight. So at that age, I was like, anyone with grey hair must be old. And I remember when I met Russell, I was like, Mum, this guy, who is this guy with grey hair? Like, is he really old? And Russell would love that. <laughs> and so I think my parents were about 40 at the time. And that's like peak age for men. And I think women as well. They've got their career established, yep. whether you are a man or woman. If you've had kids already, your kids are at a safe age now where you can start putting mm. yourself back out there. And yeah, Russell, like... I don't know. We started seeing him more often. And then I remember we had like the big family meet because he had two boys and Lockie was three and Jackson was nine. And so I'll never forget as well. The first day we had like our family merging day, like the kids meet, you know, and we went to this place in Elwood. It was one of the places on like on the beach and we just all got along perfectly. It was like the way our parents like merged us. It was just so seamless. And then we all moved in together, I think maybe like a year later or something. And how was that? It was a bit weird at the start. Like we moved into Russell's home in Bayside and this is when I transitioned from like Malvern Glenferry to Brighton. To Brighton, to Brighton, darling. To Brighton. Like when people say, where do you live? I just say Bayside because if I say Brighton and they're like, oh, whereabouts in Brighton? I say, oh, Brighton East or Brighton. They're like, oh, Brighton. So I just say Bayside. I love saying that, by the way. Brighton. Where are you going to Melbourne? You're going to Brighton. And yeah, we all merged and it was fine. Like, I, you know, I went from one brother to having three. So fun. And that also plays a really big role in who I am growing up with boys. Same. Two brothers. Yeah. I'm the middle child yeah. of two brothers. Growing up with boys yep. and talking about girls and like dating as well and schooling experiences, yeah. what they're going through. My stepbrothers are very different to James and I. They're a little bit more introverted, not as I think like outgoing as us and maybe outspoken and, you know, they're mm-hmm. a bit more reserved, Yeah, which is nice. Like it is different and there is that cool balance between us four. And I feel like we met them at a good time in their life because we helped them come out of their shell Mm. as well. Yeah. And they're super intelligent. Like my stepside of the family are all so intelligent in so many ways. That's when I moved to a private school as well. My stepdad wanted me to put me into a private school, which I was really on the fence about. Yeah. I was like, oh, gosh, I'm not going to fit in, like, academically. Like, I was never book smart. Yeah. I was never good at it. And that's hard when your parents do that as well. You know, obviously, you're a child. You don't have control of mm. where you can go to school. I think that that does – it does set you up for life because I know I went to an all-girls Catholic school. Oh, wow. I didn't choose to. If, I, if I'd known how it would have <laughs> fucking played out, I definitely wouldn't have. I would have kicked and screamed. Wow. But, yeah, it, it does shape you. It does. Into the person that you are. Like, schooling and those school years are so fundamental to the person that you become. Mm. 
I wish it really didn't, but it does ultimately, it does. you know. Yeah. It can set you up for life in a good or a bad way. Mm. I know for me going to an all-girls school, it was- That would have been hard. Freaking intense. Like oh. I will never do that to my children. I would never even, con- I mean, not that I yeah, had a choice either, but all-girls school, I mean, I, <sighs> I remember the girls from the all-girls schools in Bayside. Oh, my God, it's horrible. Was, oh. It's a horrible environment. Yeah. I can't imagine it now with social media oh. and all of this bullshit. Like, no way. It's not real life. Like, mm. you're not going to be segregated into different sexes when you're in the workplace mm. or when you're, you know, whatever that may be. And I just think it's not very realistic. Where did it even come from? At what point in time did it become a thing to separate gender at school? I mean, that's really interesting. I really I want to research into that. And what was that. the motivation behind let's create a women's school and a male school? Like, I actually don't know. I think because some – like some theories or some arguments behind it is that, you know, girls concentrate more when there's not boys. Male distraction. There's the hormones as well. But I actually think they balance each other out. Well, I think as well growing up, you actually need to have those interactions with men at school at that Uh, age. Excuse me, imagine a class of 30 bitches. Let's be honest, like 16-year-olds. Babe, we've been there. You know, you're horrible. I mean, for me, going to co-ed was already bad enough. I couldn't imagine being around the girls all day, every day. Who's on their period? Who's like, you know, and everyone's got their own struggles at home. Like, Mm. you know, who knows? Parents could be going through a divorce Mm. or, you know, this and that. And people are trying to find their own identity. Am I bisexual? Yeah. Do I like girls? Do I like boys? Who am I? I And there's so much going on and you're Mm. put in this environment with all of these teenagers. Oh, horrible. Horrible. God. Fuck. 1727. We just got the insight very quick. Thank you very much, We just did a Google. Thank you, Darcy. That's a really long time ago. So they've tried to separate us from that long ago. Yeah, that long ago. Wow. Start the gender... Divide. And that's when they probably put women in those long fuck-off dresses. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you at know, my school. No skin. So, at, at Corfu Grammar, we, our skirts and dresses, oh, we, they'd come around with a ruler. Can we, you know what we need? We need to get our school photos out. Oh We're going to put it on the Instagram. Oh, my gosh, my school photos. I look Wait so till you different. see my skirt. It was like a kilt, babe. Yeah, mine was. It was a wool motherfucker. Oh, wow. Ours had to be like, it was just above the, or below the knee. It was all like just above the kneecap. On, you were above. We were below. I think babe. Was, and stockings. Yeah, we had stockings. And if they had a hole in them, you had to get new ones. No. I wasn't allowed to wear makeup. Oh, yeah. They'd come around and wipe my face um, off. Do you want to know pa- a story? Um, wipes. I was in the toilet, right? So I went to the bathroom during class. Yeah. Do you know how you have to get your diary yeah. signed? Mm. Anyway, so I went to the bathroom and then I was at the mirror putting on lip gloss and our year coordinator walked past and she goes, what are you doing? I think I got a lunchtime detention oh for that. God. Like, sorry, I'm putting on, lip um, gloss you know, lip to gloss hydrate my to lips. hydrate my lips. With no colour. Her name was Mrs. Daria and we used to call her Mrs. Diarrhea. Oh, my God. Because she had the attitude of, like, you have diarrhea all the time. Like, her attitude was just fucked. But I'm is sorry. It, is it because they didn't want us to look a certain way in high school? Is it because they didn't want us to be, you know, like, giving men attention? Like, is it something like – Well, I mean – Well, not for you. It's the, obviously being an all-girls school. But for me, like – Well, the reason behind having uniforms is that everyone's the same. They want everyone to be the same. But see – that's where a lot of issues start because we're not all the same. Mm. We want to have our individuality. When you're in high school, that's when you start coming into your own. That's when yeah. you start to find out what you like in the mm. world and what you want to be and what kind of person you want to be. Yeah. And, but then they're trying to box you into being just this yeah. stereotype. So I think they just try and make you everyone be the same. Yeah. And I know the idea behind it is that, you know, some people, you know, don't have 
money to buy a lip gloss or mm. some people don't have the money to buy those fancy shoes so mm. everyone's just got to have a white shoe. Yeah. No one can have the Nike or the Adidas. Yeah. And, and I get that because, I get it, yeah. you know, going back to growing up, my dad is a plumber. Mm. My mum didn't work so we had one income and, yeah. and we struggled and I know mm. that. Like I know how much my parents struggled to pay the bills and mm. all of that kind of stuff. So I understand. Like mm. I never got the new fancy nice shit mm. growing up, never had any of that, yeah. never had the new Adidas or mm. whatever. And, you know, I understand how it feels as a kid, you know, that, oh, that person has the, the new. The nicer stuff. The nice stuff. But even I would think that with my cousins as mm. well. Like I'd say, oh, shit, so-and-so got the new PlayStation yeah. and we got the old one. I know. And imagine, I, I, I mean, we, James and I were like that too. And, you know, everyone had the, literally the new PlayStation or the new yeah. laptop or the Game Boy or the, yeah. the Nokia phone. And yep. imagine the pressure, like you're going back thinking Fire. the parent. Oh, that makes me really sad. Like my mum being like. She's hustling and grinding by herself with two babies and her freaking kids are like, can I have this? Can I have that? And not being able to get that or saving to get that for their kid. Far out. I know. It's so hectic. It is. And like my parents had three kids. So my parents, they met when they were quite young. Mum was like 23-ish. I love them. I know their love story. Their love story is just the best. Oh, my God. So I'll go into it. it. So. My mum had a farm with her two brothers and they grew tomatoes on it. So it was like a primary producer. So they had this property as an investment. And, you know, in doing that, they grew tomatoes. So they had three acres of tomatoes and they would sell it to the markets. But people, you know, that they knew would come and buy tomatoes to make the the sugo, the sauce, right? Every Italian family has sauce days. Mm. Okay, even in Australia. I wish I had a sauce day. Can we it's, have a sauce day? It's the best. We've got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I did it this year with my parents. Oh. It's it's messy but fun. Anyway, so my great-grandfather, my mum's nonno, knew this other guy and they would talk and then this man told my great-grandfather that he had this young giovanotto, this young man for my mum. This giovanotto man? Yeah, giovanotto. Giovanotto. Young giovanotto. So one day my dad rocks up at the farm. And he sees my mum and my mum sees my dad <laughs> and they lock eyes and they knew it was a bit of a setup. Like this is in the yeah. 80s, right? But my mum tells a story that, you know, she looked over and she saw my dad like young, handsome, you know, dark curly hair, beautiful bronze skin, mm. green eyes, and she liked him straight mm. away. When my dad left, you know, my mum said to her nonno, yeah, I like him. Let's set up another meeting. So mm. it just it took off from there. And then within a year, they were engaged and married. Wow. And that's how it happened. So you can imagine my mum, never been in a serious relationship, gets married and then moves in with a man that, and she's never lived with a man before. Isn't that crazy? That's but crazy. But that's, that, that's the Italians. Yeah. That's how it was. When they immigrated to Australia, it was very much, you know, and then my grandparents would be in the same room mm. when they would have their dates. Wow. Like they wouldn't go on dates. They'd have it with the family. Isn't that interesting? But I love that so much because it's all about family acceptance as well. Yes. And that's why I love being around Italians. Yeah. And I have so many at home. My brother has so many as well. The culture is beautiful. Because you just involve everyone. Yeah. And to a certain extent, it's bring him over, (laughs) bring over your mum, like it's just so nice. And you guys always have such big families, huge. You know, if I didn't have my stepside, if mum didn't meet Russell, I would only have my mum, my brother, and my auntie. Wow. Like I've got my dad's side, but we don't see them and speak to them all the time. So if we didn't have Russell's family, which are there's so many of them, and they've all got beautiful kids, and they're all like traditional 
in terms of their love stories, it's bizarre. They've like all met that one person, fallen in love and married yeah. them. I know. My parents have that and they've been married for like over 30 years now. It's just And it's so interesting hearing your story, you know, from obviously your your dad passed away mm. and, and your mum found love again and remarried and you've got this whole other new whole family. Other family. And it's so interesting to me because, you know, my parents have just been together and that's all yeah. I've known. Mm. So it, it's fascinating. It you is. know, I've just got two brothers. I've got an older brother, Rocco. I'm the middle child yeah. and then my younger brother, Mark. So growing up with two brothers and being the, you know, only girl in the family yeah. and the middle child. I think mm. it lends itself to why I am the way I am mm. because I've had to be loud. I've had yeah. to use my voice to be heard because, yeah. number one, being in a big Italian family, yeah. but then also being the only girl yeah. and having two brothers. Yeah. I had to be heard. You yeah. know, I, I wanted to play with my brothers. Mm. I wanted to, you know, them to include me in mm. their games and whatever they were doing. So I had to, you know, make myself known. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I am the way I am today. And I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I have a story behind that. And that is why mm. I am the way I am. Well, James was that person that knew everything about me. Yeah. And I'd be sneaking in when I'm scared at night and jump into his bed. Actually, I was telling you this story the other day. I used to get so scared as a child. Mum's got pictures. I used to sleep with an umbrella up. I love this story. I used to sleep with a plastic clear Barbie umbrella up to protect me. I love that. It's the funniest photo. I have to get it and show you. Can we find that tonight, yeah, please? we will. We will find it. It's just hilarious. Mum used to come in with and see me sleeping with an umbrella up protecting Oh, my God. I'd be so scared of the dark. I'd always go into I was so scared of James's the dark. room. Like, I slept with night. the light on. Yeah. I slept with the light. I mean, I still sometimes, like, I probably only stopped sleeping without, like, I used to sleep with the TV on and put self-timer yes, on. Ti- yeah. I think until I started, like, getting a boyfriend when I was in, like, year 11 is when I met my first boyfriend. In high school. Wow. Yeah, I think I was, yeah, you're 11. I didn't, see, I didn't have a boyfriend until, like, I was out of high school, up till I was, like, 20. No, no, 19. Yeah. Mine were, I mean, my relationships were only in high school. I haven't had one since. Isn't that crazy? They've all been situationships. Yeah, since high school. So my first, and, like, so back to school a bit, went to private school. For me, academically, I was failing. I wasn't mm. smart. Being in a private school, you know, there's an expectation. And I know, you know, I know that my stepdad really wanted to give me a good education and excel. But for me, it was just really hard. Yeah. I just didn't understand things. And, you know. And that's okay. Yeah. But in, in schools like that, it's not. And, you know, especially maths, guys. Oh, maths, please, babe. Like, whoa, I was not great at it. I did Kumon in primary school. Mum would pay to get me in extra classes outside of school hours to yeah, get better So a bit maths. of tutoring, yeah. Yeah. And, and I did it too. At Caulfield, I, I think I was doing like year eight maths in year 10. Like I was, yeah, and I was getting, I was in foundation maths is what it was called. And I think I got to year nine or year 10 and I just wasn't, passing so I had to choose a different subject and I had to do agriculture so I was planting my teacher's vegetables as a subject and like students would see me in the garden and they would all be in maths and I'd just be in the back there like planting veggies playing pin the tail on the cow like it was not great yeah had to have those chats with your parents like Ella's not passing what are you going to do and then I think I was like 16 and I figured out how much my parents were paying for my schooling and it's ridiculous. Like, it was so much money. I think it's like 20K a year or something. Jesus. And when I understood that, I was like, guys, <laughs> that money could be going to something else. Like, I think you're wasting your money on me, seriously. And Far out. I had girlfriends that were moving to this public school called Swinburne, which is just a year 11 and year 12 school. Oh. Yeah. And I organized an interview. I told my parents I'm moving. 
I'm moving. I'm going. I've got some girls going there that I know. I'm, I'm doing it. Went, did the interview, had the tour of the school. I'm pretty sure it was like the end of that day. I brought mum with me. I was like, mum, I'm coming here. And we signed the whatever Aww. it was, the papers for it. And I remember like the fee was like $800. And I was yeah. like, mum, this is going to be the best thing you ever did and the best thing I ever did. That's where I met my best friend, Cardia, Aww. Dylan, Lily, Julia. Like I met all these people and that's when I- Public school, public education. Yeah. And that's when I first shaved my undercut because I was wow. able to be me. Express yourself. Yeah. And Swinburne was so, it was all about creativity. I was doing fashion, photography, like textiles. Like it was such a different school. We had Wednesdays off. Like what kind of school is that? We had Wednesdays off, midweek day off. Yeah. Tuesday nights we'd go out to room 680 or like we'd all go to the clubs on a school night because we didn't have school the next day. I love that Ella and I had completely different (laughs) schooling experiences. Yeah. Like I love that so much. Like I feel like I'm living through you when I hear these stories because I had a complete opposite. So I I danced throughout my whole Mm. schooling. So dancing for me was, it kept me busy. Like Mm. that's all I did. You know, on weekends we'd have competitions. So Mm. that was my weekends. And then during the week, like after school, I'd be at dancing like four or five hours a night. Wow. So for me, that was my life, mm. which I loved. And I still have the best friends yeah. from that, like Isabella, Rebecca, mm. Brianna. Oh, so nice. they're, they're my girls, right? Yeah. And, you know, f- so schooling for me was, was a rough trot. In year nine, I actually left the all-girls school oh. that I was at in year nine because oh. I, I had such a hard time. Mm. I, like you, really struggled in maths mm. and it got to me that much that I ended up having this thing called school refusal, which is actually a real thing. Like I know it sounds fake, but to the point where I would not get out of bed, I'd be like, I'm not going, I can't go, I can't walk into school. Mm. I would have that much anxiety and panic attacks that I, if I went to school, I'd end up in the sick bay. Yeah, like I was just, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to school. It was yeah. that bad. Like mm. it was horrible. Honestly, year nine. So how old would I have been? Year like nine, 14, 15, I think. Yeah, 14, 15. That's, that's tough years. I was, that's when I started on antidepressants. Mm. That was like the beginning of my kind of mental health journey for me. Year nine was when I got my period. Yeah. And, year, and yeah, yeah, I got my period yeah. in year nine. Do you want to know when I got my period? In fucking maths class. Oh God. Thanks, and, I'll ne- and I will never forget it because I just remember sitting there going, oh my God, you know the feeling? Yeah. Like, oh no, that doesn't feel right. And then I went to the bathroom Lo and behold, in fucking maths. In maths. I was at home, thankfully. And I fucking hated that teacher as well. She was such a bitch. Like, I was struggling oh. and I needed help. And she'd be like, well, no, you've got to just study on your own. Oh. I'm like, so what are you doing then? So you're not going to help me. You're just going to sit there and be a fucking bitch. <laughs> like, sorry, if you hate teaching that much, yeah, don't know, take don't it out on the it. children. Just 100%. don't be there. Because you're actually being... Like it's detrimental to 100%. my journey and as, then, as a child going through school. Definitely. If and teachers she, were yeah, shit. Like I never you, forget. She fucked me, that teacher. I forget mm. her name now because I think I've blanked it out, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Blanked it out. I remember her face. Mm. But, yeah, so once I had this school refusal, obviously my parents were like freaking out, like, oh, my God, she's not just going to quit school in year nine. Mm. And I'm so glad like my parents hustled for me. So I ended up – well, my parents ended up finding – actually through my psychiatrist at the time, Mm. he found Sydney Distance Education High School, which is distance education, meaning I did school from home. How cool. Which was the most incredible experience of my life. Like it it was incredible. Everything was online. Were you like disciplined enough to really do it from home? 100%. The beauty of doing distance education is that 
you're only doing the curriculum. Like you're doing exactly what they're going to test you on in all of your tests, like in the HSE, mm-hmm. in your, you know, your main final exams. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how I became really disciplined with it, but it was just so fun. I'd have phone calls with my teachers. We'd have excursions. I'd go into the school. It's actually in Potts Point here in Sydney. Oh. So it's amazing. And all of the teachers were the best. So invested in mm. my learning. I never forget, I when I was in, you know, mainstream school in year nine, I was failing maths. And then in year 10, I, like, literally, I never forget, I got 55% in my, like, I know it's still shit, but I fucking passed. I'll never forget that. Wait, which test was that? For maths. Oh, wow. That's, babe, that's amazing. Yeah. 55%. Pfft. Happy I know. days. And I'll never forget <laughs> I'd that. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. And then in year 11 and 12, I never, I didn't do maths. Oh, gosh. But, um, I don't know what I finished. I... I had the best experience. Like mm. I never felt more like included. Mm. The teachers were the best. Yeah. I had the best experience. And then we'd go on excursions and I'd meet incredible kids, like mm. students that were in the Olympics, that were, you know, horse jumping. Who else did I meet? I met <laughs> kids that were in Home and Away and oh, cool. that were actors that yeah. had to do school by distance because they cool. were, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, had these full-time things on. And there was also another kid in my class that had narcolepsy that would like, fall asleep. Oh. So there was people with health issues as oh, well. Wow. Obviously mine was, like yeah. I had, you know, yeah. a mental health issue. Yeah. But I never felt that I was different. I yeah. never felt that, oh, I'm doing this because you can't be in normal school. Yeah, that's that's how I felt. As soon as I moved, everything was just fell into place. Everyone yeah. was so different. Everyone could just be who they wanted to yes. be. You wouldn't get judged if you're failing something or not doing well or you're not comparing scores. Yeah. At, at private school, people would always do that. Oh. What did you get? Did you get an A? Did you get a B? And I'd be like, nah, bitch, I got a D. Yeah, I literally got a D. <laughs> or I've got to reset it, actually. Mm. Yeah. Moving schools for oh, that's me. so stressful. Oh, oh my was, God. It was crazy. And I feel like in the public school, the bullying and, you know, the social isolating, all that sort of stuff wasn't a thing. At Caulfield, it was so wow. clicky. Oh. The girls group, it was like, and you know, I was in the cool girls group. I was. But I also knew people who were older than me because I had a stepbrother in that year level and I just got along with all the older guys way better. Yeah. And they were less judgmental. That's where we're the same. I get along with, older with guys people. and and older I, people and yeah. guys more than oh, than same. girls. Hundred percent. Well, because it's either the men take longer to mature, mm-hmm. or the girls are still trying to compete with you. The competition is something I will never understand. Yeah, I, that is the hardest thing I mm. think. Yeah, is the figuring out mm. how to navigate through this tumultuous time mm. while. Everyone's competing. Everyone wants to yeah. be better than you. Mm. I've got better. I'm doing better. I am better. All yeah. this crap. I know. It's it shouldn't <sighs> be. It's not. It shouldn't be like that. Especially with your girlfriends in that. Oh school. my god. Yeah. It shouldn't. Or the they're not others. your real friends, really. Then no. are they? They're not. Like no one's bringing you up. It's all. What did you get? Or like, if you're wearing something nice, where's that from? Or I've got that too. Or my mum has that. Like it was always competitive. Oh my god. Across everything. Where's that makeup from? Well, mine's from here. Like it was never, yeah, it was really crazy, crazy. I'll never forget at Caulfield, that was where I had my bullying experiences. When I moved schools, it was never, it was happy days. We were all like yeah. just one big happy family at Swinburne. At Caulfield for me, it was like I got myself into a situation that I wasn't even aware of and that's where it started for me. I was exposed to a lot of things at a very young age, you know, having a brother. I was very rebellious, you know, I'd sneak out of the house at midnight and. 
meet up with people at the train stations and like I used to do. Yeah, like I I saw a lot as a young girl and hanging out with bad people like – or people that weren't wrong side of the tracks. Yeah, like if you're in Melbourne, you know, I'd hang out the Paran Commission flats, the skate parks. Like it was cool at the time, and you know, I, I love that I did that from such a young age mm. because it made me so much more street smart and street aware, and understand the different personalities who grew up in commission housing as well, and how tough they've had it. Yeah, and it made me appreciate my living situation so much more. But also hanging out with people like that have kept me so grounded. Yes, I had it all from, you know, when my parents sort of got together and my life changed dramatically, but it's kept me so grounded, the people that I grew up with and what I saw at such a young age. And when I was in high school, I was hanging out with these people and I really liked this boy, right? I was 15 (laughs) or 14 and I really liked this boy. And he was really well known around Melbourne. For not good reasons? Yeah, not good, not good things. Okay. And we would hang out at the train stations and like back then, you know, smoking cigarettes, not doing all the great things. And we kissed. I think we just pecked or something. And I didn't know at the time that I actually went to school with his girlfriend. Oh, so he was in a relationship. Well, he told me they were on a break. And I, but but apparently they weren't, but I I don't really know still like if it was true or not, but she was in the year above me. She was in my stepbrother's year. She was the most beautiful girl in high school. I was like, oh my gosh, this girl's an angel. She was like the purest soul. And she's Mm -hmm. really good friends with some of my girlfriends now. And she's just absolutely stunning. But at the time, she was also good friends with like the scary girls at Caulfield, like the girls that you're intimidated by. Oh, so the scary girls, what were they? They were very intimidating. They were, yeah, one year older and they were the really beautiful ones. And when it came out that I had kissed him. Oh, shit. It was like I didn't want to go to school, you know, threats on MySpace. Love that. They would, like, wait at my locker after lunch and, like, scream at me. They would write on my locker, like, slut. I would be, like, walking from class to class and I would dread walking around the huge oval in the middle of the school because you had to pass other students going to each class. And sometimes I'd see this one particular girl and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, just look down. Don't look at her. And as soon as she – and she would go out of her way to, like, to cross my path. She would, like, intentionally get in my view and then she'd just – you know, you slut or like fuck off or, you So know. you were a slut because you just kissed someone. I kissed someone that had a girlfriend or was with someone and it was her friend. Wow. And I hated going to school. Like I never felt so uncomfortable. Mm. And then I started, you know, dressing like a an emo. I was wearing the black nail polish and I just went through this weird stage and was mm. listening to like sad music because you didn't know how you really felt about it. Yeah. You know, like you didn't want to tell anyone either. And then it got out and everybody knew and I was like, mm. oh, my gosh, I'm mortified. And I couldn't tell my parents. Couldn't tell my parents. I think James knew because James, like, knew everything about what was going on. But couldn't so tell why did you feel like you couldn't tell your parents? Well, because my, my stepdad's very reserved and, you know, my parents didn't really know particularly a lot about what I've seen and done in my teen years. Mm-hmm. I didn't really tell them everything because I think some things, I don't know. James was that person and my parents were pretty strict for a while, like I had curfew and stuff, but it got to a mm. point where I, I used to write my mum letters and leave it on her bed and tell her, you're the reason I don't have friends. Yeah. Oh. I'd say I'd write because I couldn't communicate wow, with her. Babe. 
yeah, like we couldn't communicate very well. I don't think that she really knew how to. And so I used to write her letters and like I was just like so mean to her and I didn't really know how else to be. And I think it was because of what I was going through at school. Mm, of course. Not feeling like I can tell her what I'm going through. So then And you, then you resented her you for do. that. Yeah. Oh, mm. my God. I know. And then after my <laughs> letters, after my letters, the curfew went away. And then I just sort of like became the boss of my mom. Wow. I'd be like, I'm not coming home. I wouldn't come home. I wouldn't tell her. Yeah, uh, things just changed. Started smoking cigarettes, started breaking the rules, got suspended in high school. That's yeah, been when there too, yeah. things really changed. That's when I just wanted to – it's like I, I was just trying to like rip off this private school person. I just like want to get out of this like who am I? Yeah. You know, I wanted to cut my hair crazy and express my express personality yourself, yeah. through my looks and like get tattoos and like, you know, I wasn't raised around that. Yeah. I didn't have anyone to look at being like I want that because everyone at private school, no one did that. You know, collars and clean nails and clean cut and like perfect skin. Like I was like, this isn't going to be me. I don't want to be that. Mm. And then as soon as I moved, shaved head, tats, started experimenting with a lot of things. You know, that's when I got my boyfriend as well when I changed high schools and he exposed me to a lot of things from a young age. He did have substance abuse and, you know, I was helping him and, you know, wanted him to be better. Some of the stories you've told me are like hectic. And that's like mm. coming back to us having such a different, yeah. you know, like experience. I think, you know, my years during, you know, that age group were mm. spent like, fuck, so different, so babe. Different. Like dancing yeah. and doing competitions. Like that was my life. Like I didn't have boyfriends. I obviously mm. had crushes on guys and whatever, but it was never part of my life. Like the partying and, mm. you know, the drugs and, and, and whatever else. Mm. Never. Like, yeah. I remember I had my first like Corona when I was 16 and I thought, fuck, this is awesome. Wow. You know, so it was so different. Yeah. Very different. But also in hindsight, I think, oh yeah, I wish I was a bit crazier and, and experienced mm. certain things and experimented, but you know, I'm doing that now. Yeah. You know, I think that's the beauty of just you know, growing into yourself and wanting to figure out who you are. And we all experience it all at different times in our lives as Mm. well. Like, you know, you've been married and divorced. I haven't been in love since my high school loves. Wow. You know, like I haven't said I love you to a man in 11 years and meant it, which is so sad. Like that makes me so sad because like I love love so much and – it's all I've been chasing since mm. before the show of maths. Do you think to a certain extent because it's been so long you like filter yourself or you you don't allow yourself to get to that point because you're so scared to say it? I tell you what I think is really scary. And, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to really be more aware of it, mm. you know. Before Married at First Sight, like, so basically since high school, I've had three serious, not even serious, I've had three things, right? Mm. Three different men. They were all about, you know, first one was three months, second one was about three months, and then the last one was about five. And it gets to that point where, you know, I'm I'm totally invested in you. Like, I yep. want to date you. I want yes. to be with you. I'm starting to, like, look yeah. at the future. And then it gets to that point where it's, like, almost like we haven't had that conversation. Are we exclusive? Are you seeing anyone else? Are you sleeping with anyone else? I'm not, so I'm just going to assume you're not. And then we would have that chat, and then they would say, look, I'm just not really looking for anything right now or I can't commit. And then I'm like, well, you've – just like I've just invested a few months. Three months, yeah. When Which, when you're getting to, you know, investing that much time in a person, yeah. 
it's it's a bit of a cop out when yeah. they say that to you. It is. It is a cop out, and I think as well. And I, I know this for a fact. When a guy meets me, I well, as I've gotten older, I know that they, after a few dates, would see, okay, this girl is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Like I know that. I feel like from the first date, babe, they'd know you're the real deal. Come like, on. Yeah. Like you're just, you, you are genuine, you're beautiful, you're warm. But I'm also, I'm I'm ready to give it my all. Exactly. And that's what comes across. And I'm not here for games. Yep. And I think that when men pick up on that, whether it is the first couple of dates, they're like, okay, nah, I'm like just looking for a fun time, not a, not a long-term thing right now. So then they're <sighs> like, okay, I'm not going to do it because they just want to have sex or they just want a girl for a couple of months or someone who's just available on like a late night text, but I'm not that girl. I used to be that girl many Mm. years ago, but now it's so different. And my dating pool is becoming so much smaller now because I'm not just going to do that anymore. Yeah. And I almost wish they would just be upfront and honest. Yeah. I mean, some guys are. Like, which is good. Yeah. I actually prefer it when they are. Yeah. It's like, okay, I know mm. what I'm getting myself into. Mm. If I just want to have a fun time too, okay, here we go. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. But really, in the grand scheme of things, we all want to find our person. Mm. We do. We want to settle down. Like that's I know that's what I want. Yeah. I know it's what you want. Mm. We want to have that secure relationship and find our best friend. Find yeah. that person that we can, you know, lean on when we're sad, when mm. we're happy. You know, I want that person that when something good happens, I want to go to them. them. Like that, you're my. That's yeah, I know. You are that person <laughs> at the moment. Person. Like when I get a good email or yeah. like something fun happens, I'm like, oh my god, babe, yeah. yes, I want that. I, I want know. a man to share that mm. with. But more than anything, it's like I, tr- I truly want to believe it so much that that person is out there. But after even like with what happened with Mitch, like I know that I am a great fucking person like I know that I have so much good and so you should offer and I am the best girlfriend even though I haven't been in a relationship for 10 years I am the best fucking girlfriend ever like I will do everything for you can vouch for that because she's the best friend (laughs) so I can only imagine what she would do for someone that she has feelings for yeah you know of the opposite sex but it's like why Am I still single? And people ask me, you know, going on maths, how come, what? Why is I think that's a fucking stupid question when people ask it. Why are you single? Oh, fucking, I don't know. Yeah. Why are you breathing? Yeah. Why are you here? I don't know. Like, well, how can you even how answer that? How do I answer that? that? And how I'm, do you answer that? Oh, sorry. Well, tell me. Do you know? Because I'd love to know. Yeah. And that's exactly right. Like, please. Exactly. Do you know the answer? Tell me. Tell me how I can be better, do better. And that's, yeah. you know, maths, I thought, I, I mean, I did learn, you know, areas that I can work on, but I can't help right now and at times think, well, is it going to happen? People ask those questions. That doesn't help you, yeah, you thinking know. that either. It you does, know what I mean? It, it, it makes you doubt yourself. Oh, fuck. What is wrong with me? Yeah. What is actually wrong with me? But you know what? There are just so – and like being a skin and laser tech, obviously like yep. 80% of my clients are women, right? Yeah. I worked in Elwood, really expensive, yep. lush area of Bayside. Beautiful part of Bayside. <laughs> Everyone's got dogs and they're all single and successful. Everyone's driving a Mercedes darling or, or an G- Audi. Yeah, or the G-Wagon. Yeah. Anyway, all my clients, <laughs> they, they are stunning women, successful mm. business women, hot. Yep. 30s. 40s, single, and I'm like, why? And we always talk about dates, the dating, what you're doing. I'm giving my clients advice and they're like older than me. But because I feel like I'm so experienced and I talk to so many women every day, it's like I kind of can give that advice. I've read so many dating books about how to put yourself out there, how to deal with rejection, how to move on, how to be alone and how to see being single as empowering because I used to be, you know, seeing being single as really sad. Because yep. all my friends, I'm the last one standing, right? Everyone's yep. got babies, puppies, houses, a lot. 
And here I am with you, which is obviously, <laughs> I can't compare. It's a different yes, life. It's it a different is. ride. And I understand yeah. we're all in different journeys and yeah. chapters. But the women in our generation, it is increasing as the years go on of how many beautiful, successful single women there are that want love and that are not finding it and that are not having children that want it. So yeah. many of my clients are like that. And one of my best friends at home, my old boss, beautiful. Stunning, like just Smart. incredible person, businesswoman, so, just, you know. Successful. Same thing. Putting herself out there all mm. the time. Fuck boys. Can't commit. Men that are in their 40s that can't commit. Oh, fuck, babe. Like you're in your 40s. Give it up, doll. But if they're not committing then, they're not going to commit ever. Or you're just somehow not the right person. And that, that always really you know baffles what? me. Then I feel sorry for them because they're going to get to like 70. Yeah. And they're going to be fucking old. Mm. And they're going to think, oh, shit, I wish I had someone to, you know, spend these years with. But, you know, I I really do hope that you guys feel like you do know us a bit more and you feel like you understand us more because we really want you guys to feel connected to us and our history. It was our fundamental kind of building blocks of who we are and why we are that way. And I think we've been waiting so long to do this episode as well, actually, because we wanted to just put everything out on the table. Yeah. For our listeners and our followers to really know us. And I'm so happy that we have. But I mean, next episode. Yeah. We're going to be talking obviously more about where we're at now, who we're dating, what we're doing, how hard it is, Mm -hmm. putting yourself out there because that's what we're trying to do now since being married and divorced. Yep. And (laughs) I mean, I meant married as in like on maths. And then for me, married, divorced, and then married and divorced again. And also tips on how to get yourself back out there because I'm going to tell you. Yes, girl. I am very good at dating. You are. I'm good at putting myself out there. It's what I know. You are honestly the best and you inspire me so much, which is why I've decided I'm going to go on a date. Yeah. I'm putting, I've put Good. myself out there and Good. next episode, we're going to debrief on that date. On that date, we're going to share Ooh. what goes down if it gets saucy. Ooh. Or if it doesn't. Sometimes it, it just doesn't. Exactly. All he right. seems really nice, but I'm excited. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Sit With Us, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe for free for future episodes. Leaving a review really helps others find the podcast. Podcast. And come sit with us on Instagram at sit with us the pod. Sit with us is part of the ACAST Creator Network. 